A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him and he was cured. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news. And as a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stayed outside in lonely places. Yet the people still came to him from everywhere. And our second reading tonight is from Colossians. It is chapter 3, and I do believe it's verses 1 all the way to 17. It's on page 834, if you have the Pew Bibles. <clears throat> Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, uncircumcised or circumcised, barbarian, um, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience and bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you and over all of these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity let the peace of christ rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Dan mentioned at the start of the service that he was, his life was focused this week on, on um, waiting for mail for, um, what, what was it, <laughs> NFL, <laughs> the NFL. Got to get my, my acronym right. I, I just want you to think, what, what's been your focus this week? What's been your focus? Or, you know, stretch it out a bit. What is your kind of, ambition 
or you know, goal or, or focus as you go forward for the next few years. Maybe you've got it all planned out. What is it that you're actually focused on in your life? Now, some of you might say, well, that's just that's too hard because I've got, I've got so many things happening. There's too many things just to say I'm focused on one thing. But what is it that, that drops into your mind when you know, you're just daydreaming or when there's nothing else that's pressuring you? What do you spend your spare time thinking about? With that in mind, we come to Paul's instruction to the, the um, Christians in Colossae and he says to them, set your minds on things above. I wonder if that thought came into your head when you're trying to work out what, where your focus is. Set your minds on things above. In verse 2, set your hearts on things above. This is kind of a double whammy, a double emphasis. Because if you were uh, converted from a Gentile background, then the thing that was really your bag was intellectual thinking and reasoning. So to set your mind on things above means to give your, your focus to things above. But if you come from a Jewish background, then uh, the way you looked at life was, was your heart was the centre of who you were as a person, which involved everything. So um, Paul says, set your minds on things above for the Gentiles, set your hearts on things above for the Jewish converts. Basically what he's saying is, everybody, make sure that you set your minds on Christ in heaven. Your desires, your motives, focus them on Jesus. Now that's a big call, isn't it? That's a big call. Have you ever heard this, the saying, you know, they're so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good? You haven't heard that? Well, now you have. <laughs> my, my, my granny used to say that about people who she said was kind of super spiritual, you know, who um, were overly focused on on talking about spiritual things all the time but no, no practical good for doing anything. Well, that's not what Paul's got in mind here. He doesn't mean that we should set our minds on Christ so that we're kind of off in some kind of spiritual uh, experience and really not our feet don't quite touch the earth or something. What he says is we fix our minds on Christ and on things that are above so that we can actually live in the here and now. Because if you want to live properly in the here and now, you can only do that if you understand that the reality of your life, the most significant reality of your life right now is not your physical circumstances here in Beacon Hill. That the higher reality is that you are fixed with Christ in heaven. Your life, you have died to this old life, you have a new life, and you are fixed with Christ in heaven. And when Jesus returns, Paul says, we, his followers, will return with him, will be with him in glory. So I don't know about you, but that, that stretches my, my brain crazily. You know, like, th this is where I live and, and, you know, do stuff and, and I can kind of experience things through my senses and I you know, have an idea what life is like here. It is so hard for me to think of, of, of what it's going to be like or what my real life is like in, in a sense already in the presence of Jesus in his kingdom. 
But you see, that's why Paul says you actually have to set your mind, your heart on Christ in heaven. And he gives us practical steps of how to do that. And they are very practical and very grounded in our day-to-day life. So how do we do it? How do we fix our eyes on Christ in heaven when this is our reality and there are so many things here vying for our attention? It's simple as changing clothes. That's the illustration that Paul uses. Put off these things and put on these other things. Clothe yourselves with these things and get rid of those things. Uh, We love to dress up at our house. We have a dress-up box that is now two boxes. And, uh, you know, from all sorts of various different things. Uh, I, I love it when I get to put on the pirate scarf and the patch because you just have to go, ar, 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 because that's who, that's who I am. And I, I love to, you know, get into character, I suppose, but as soon as you put some dress-up clothing on, you, have, you just can't talk normal, can you? That just wouldn't be right. I remember when Georgie was about three or four, so a long, long time ago, we had um, uh, some Dalmatian dog costumes that Jenny and I had worn to uh, a fancy dress trivia night or something. And Georgina found this dog costume. She put on the white tracky pants that had the little dots on and the the, uh, white sloppy joe that also had the dots on and and this kind of... um, doggy face that was painted onto uh, a, a, you know, one of those stretchy spandex kind of things you put over your head, the doggy face was onto that. So she dressed up like this and she went down uh, stairs, grabbed the dog lead and went out to the front of our house to the carport and tied herself to the carport as a dog. Okay, now you know where we live, half the world walks past our yard <laughs> on the way to Tanya Park and it wasn't long before someone from, from church you know, actually walked past and saw her and said, oh, this is, you know, what? And Georgie just barked. <laughs> she, didn't, she wouldn't enter into conversation, she just barked like a dog. Why? Because she had put on the dog persona and what do you do when someone talks to you as a dog? You bark. <laughs> so it's as natural as that for Christians to behave in a Christ-like way when we make sure that we put off the, the wrong things and put on the right things. And we get a list of them here. What are we to put off? If you've got your Bibles open there from, from um, verse 5, Paul says, Put off sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off the old nature with its practices. Now, this is not a complete set of every uh, wrong and bad behaviour. Remember, this is a letter that is written to the church in Colossae and Paul has heard what is happening there. So these things specifically were issues within the church in Colossae. See, Paul said, you used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived. 
but now you need to put these things off. It's not a complete list, but we don't have to go very far, do we, reading through this list, until you find something that really uh, puts you under the thumb. Listen again. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language. Do not lie to each other. Take it off. You can't do this if you don't fix your eyes on Christ in heaven. You can't do this unless you realise that that is the reality of your true existence, is that you've been made alive with Christ by the power of his spirit and because of that, with God's help, with fixing your eyes on Jesus and calling on the power of his spirit, you can actually change your clothes. You can actually put these things off. So take it off, God says, uh, Paul says. He's very strong. He says, put it to death. Put these behaviours to death. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? I have a personal observation to make and it may not be relevant to you, but think about this and remember this in years to come. The older I get, the more difficult it is to put off bad behaviours. You see, I'm at the stage where I'm old enough to um, say, well, I deserve a little bit of credibility here because I'm old. So if I get annoyed with someone who's been doing the same thing for a lot of time, well, then it's their, point, their fault, not mine. Don't do what I've done. Make sure that as a younger person you really deal with all these things. But that is something to keep in mind. The more that we hang on to these things, the harder they are to put off. So when you see some wrong behaviour in your life, stop and deal with it there. And I want to challenge you to do that right now. Of all these things that are listed there, is there, is there one thing that came from that list that really rang true for you? Let me read the, I'll just read the, the last few to you again. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language lying see we have the opportunity to put these things off because Jesus has already paid the price for our new clothes if you like our life is fixed with him in heaven so put these things off but we are not supposed to stand there naked we are to put other things on because that's what you do when you change clothes, isn't it? You put off one set and you put on another set. So uh, this is, uh, you know, a way of describing this is that we actually need to focus on our faith, to feed our faith and to starve our sinful nature. So to put off the sinful things and to put them to death and then put on the godly things, the Christian virtues, feed your faith the, the uh, strength that we have from Jesus um, it, who is at the right hand of God in heaven. Set your minds on those things. Uh, eradicate these bad behaviours and put on the new self. 
in verse 10, if you're still following me in the scriptures. Chapter 3, verse 10. Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. You see, for the Colossians, everything has changed. They've been renewed in um, the image of God. It's, it, it, there is knowledge involved here. They've heard the message of the gospel, but they've actually had more than just knowledge applied to them. They have been made new. They are a new people. A new self, Paul says, in the image of your creator. And that means in the church in Colossae where they're all kind of saying, well, I come from this background, you know, I used to be a Jew and you used to be a Gentile, I'm more important than you, or uh, slave or free, you know, I'm more important than you. Paul says, no, it's a level playing field. And uh, who knows what a Scythian is, or even if that's the right way to say it. When we did our growth group this week, uh, it's like pairs, you know, Jew, Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian. So I said, I don't know. Someone asked me, I said, I don't know, but it probably, you know, is, is, is someone who's kind of quite you know, up themselves or something like that, who's the opposite to a barbarian. Well, I uh, thank goodness for those little study Bibles that have things down the bottom. Someone read it out. And the Scythian is kind of the lowest of the low. So if you want a really good insult now you can use that one you Scythian <laughs> and then remember <laughs> that's right now remember we're all equal um, because that's what Paul is pointing to here isn't it there shouldn't be any of that because in Christ we are all the same, on the same level so he goes on in verse 12 Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, this is not a kind of prescriptive list of um, you know, Christian virtues it is speaking directly to the Christians in that church and they are obviously having trouble with showing this kind of behaviour of being kind and humble and gentle and patient with each other, of being forgiving. So again, as we stop and reflect, reflect on what we're putting off, what do we need to put on? What do we need to put off and what do we need to put on? See, there's these things, they, they match, don't they? Put off malice and anger and put on humility and gentleness put off filthy language lies gossip and put on gentleness and patience replace the old behaviors with the new and paul says over all these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity you see there was a lack of love in the church in colossi and i don't think colossi is the only church that, has, that suffers from a lack of love. What do we mean by love? It's not some kind of sentimental, mushy feeling. Real Christian love means that you will 
take the chance, put yourself on the line for the sake of somebody else and do what is the thing that is going to help them to grow in their Christian life. Whether it's a difficult thing to do or a not so difficult thing to do, do you really love each other? Are you working to see your brothers and sisters grow in their Christian faith? Paul says, this is what binds all of these virtues together. If each and every one of us is not looking out for ourselves, but is looking out for other people and wanting to do what is going to be best for other people, then the church will be, uh, be surrounded by love and uh, will be united together in that perfect unity that only Christ can give. The passage ends with two commandments uh, that Paul calls uh, the members of his church to obey. And these two commandments are working out the rule of love that is to shape the community. He says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace, and be thankful. That's the first thing. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts that involves everything that Christ has done for us that is another way of him saying you know fix your mind on what Jesus has done then he says and let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms hymns and spiritual songs from the spirit singing to God with gratitude in your heart we could have a whole sermon, couldn't we, on, on that idea where it says with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, songs of God with, you know, with gratitude in our hearts. But what he's saying here is once we uh, have focused on Christ in heaven, it's the message of the gospel. It is the good news. It is the truth. It is the knowledge of God, he says, um, with all wisdom that brings us to this point where we can help one another in our own Christian lives. See, sometimes we need to teach one another, sometimes um, we need to be admonished by one another and we should always act with, with wisdom and with, uh, with reference to God as we are praising him Paul says, do this with gratitude in your heart and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Did you notice both those um, instructions of letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts ends with being thankful and then let the message of Christ dwell amongst you richly ends with giving thanks to God the Father through him. Remember last week, this, the same thing, the same theme of thanksgiving? It keeps coming through. God's people who have their eyes fixed on their life uh, in heaven with Jesus are thankful people, are people who should act in love towards one another. People who have that, the, the joy of thanksgiving that overflows for all to see. So 
together as God's people, we need to encourage each other to lift our vision. What happens with us? Mostly we just view life on this plane. Paul says view life with a higher vision. Lift your vision to, to Jesus. And as we do that, as we change that focus, then real life will spiritual life will begin within us we will see our old nature that we need to deal with the bad behaviors that go with them we will want to put them off and then we will also see that we need to replace these uh, sinful values with godly attitudes and christian virtues again we're told to make every effort to do that as we look to christ uh, who who is in heaven and then paul says as a church in love encourage your brothers and sisters to behave like god's new people and whatever you do in in speaking or act or actions do it all in the name of jesus christ with thanksgiving let's pray lord god we confess that we have a a vision that is very monochrome, very one plane in our own uh, sphere of existence. We know, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit you've made us alive to you in Christ. Please help us, Lord, to lift our eyes to see Jesus and to grow more like him, to see the things that we need to put off and what we need to replace those things with. And Lord, help us as a, as a church, as a group, to encourage each other in this, to love each other and to treat each other as you have treated us. And Lord Jesus, most of all, we pray that in whatever we do, in our words or our actions, that we will do everything for your glory and with thanksgiving to God for all you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen.